Hello and welcome to Brainsteep. I'm your host, Corey Schmidt. Here we nerd out over tea and discuss a full range of topics while sipping our steep. We believe tea is a great medium for contemplation. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of your favorite leaf water, and enjoy. Okay, going old school today. Got myself a big old cup of cold herba mate, yerba mate. So going with the herbal tea today. Mm. Sometimes you just need a big old cup. Big old cup. You know? Uh, this literally, when I was getting into tea as a teenager, I'm going to stop trying to make that pun. Um, that's how I consumed my tea. I had this large, I mean, it was probably the same size as this cup, uh, probably 20 to 24 ounce cup. So, (laughs) you know, the size of cup that really you probably only find in America and well, probably a lot of, of, of other countries now since we export our culture. <laughs> but uh, that is how I consumed my tea. I, um, I want to say a large amount of the tea I drank when I was just getting into tea. I think it was even before I found Tivana and started buying loose leaf tea is um, my family had a, well, my dad with his company had a Costco and still does has a Costco, um, membership. And I found these giant boxes of, uh, Ito N, which is a very big, it's probably the biggest, uh, tea company in Japan. Um, tea bags, these Japanese green tea uh, tea bags that Costco was selling, you know, by the pallet, pallet full. So I would buy these large boxes of these, of these, uh, tea bags. I feel so bad now. And even at the time it didn't feel right because I would open the box and then the box had, I think it was a hundred count of these tea bags and each individual tea bag was wrapped in its own plastic wrapper. So when I, you know, whatever in the morning or throughout the day, when I wanted to make myself a big cup of tea, I think for that cup, I'm going to say that I probably used three to four tea bags, something like that, maybe. Um, and so I'd rip those open and, you know, you just have a hundred, you know, by the time you finish that box in, I don't know, maybe, maybe finishing a box would take me probably, probably probably a good long time, maybe a month or two. Um, I, you know, you're, you're wasting a lot of, a lot of plastic, just a lot of waste, but, uh, it was, uh, it was good times. I would, uh, make myself a big old, big old cup of, uh, ice cold green tea and, uh, sit in my room. Cause I was, uh, quite the loner, quite the, uh, recluse kind of, <laughs> oh man, I thought I would, I always forget to silence my phone um, and uh, sit there playing uh, video games, um, drinking my tea. So that was, uh, those are, those are fond memories. 
I don't think I was, I can't remember when I started drinking Herba Mate or Yerba Mate. Um, probably not until, I don't know, maybe I started drinking it when I was in high school. Um, yeah, maybe it was. I, I honestly can't remember. It would have been maybe late high school years or, uh, probably, probably, uh, when I started college. But, um, this Herba Mate is, I think I mentioned on a previous episode, it's a very, very green vegetal Herba Mate. So different from your typical Herba Mate. And, uh, I like it. It has, you know, sort of nuances of a green tea, which is something that I really enjoy. But there is something to be said about the kind of standard flavor profile of of Herba Mate. Um, you know, just to familiarize yourself with with how that's processed, a lot of times they're smoking it. So they're like drying those those leaves out. Uh, by using smoke. I think that's the most traditional method, of course, and it definitely imparts that sort of, of roasty, smoky flavor to it. Um, I think, you know, at least my speculation is that part of why some people think yerba mate causes, you know, esophageal cancer, because if you're not aware, there were some studies that came out and it's sort of become this, I don't want to call it an urban legend, but there is just sort of this mix of information where I really am, I'm not, I'm not ready to accept that it, it's a direct correlation. Um, but considering sort of the traditional Herba Mate is smoked to dry out. I mean, smoke is cancerous, you know, it, it, it can cause cancer. Um, that's a pretty, you know, it's a carcinogenic, so it's pretty, pretty well established that, you know, you don't really want smoke, uh, all the time, obviously in moderation, just as anything, uh, it's probably fine. But if you're drinking a mass quantity of it all the time, maybe that has, I mean, again, it's total speculation, nothing, nothing, uh, that I can pull from a study that says, you know, it's the smoke that's doing it. Um, and again, I think there's, there needs to be more, more research to specifically say, Hey, you know, maybe this style of Herba Mate is causing it. Cause the actual plant and the leaf and everything, I can't imagine there, there, there hasn't been any research to show like there's some chemical in the yerba mate plant that's causing this um but uh that i will say has cautioned me to not drink or not try and find the traditional kind of smoked herba mate i mean i would definitely drink some and maybe at some point i do buy a big bag of it um just just you know to to you know, change things up. But for the most part, I am a fan of the less processed, more green tea processing technique of yerba mate. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of happy to see that uh, now I've found a few companies that do it. So it clearly is uh, something that's wanted by at least enough people that a couple of companies are producing this. 
Um, who knows? Maybe the source is the exact same and it's just uh, repackaged, you know? But um, still. Mm. Pretty good. It is, man, I will, I will say it, it, it. I could see that, or this Herba Mate being very divisive because I think some people might take a swig of that and they might think, ugh. Um, because it is, it is, it's pretty intense. Like it's, it's so hard to describe. It has, it's almost got this spice to it. Um, not, not like a masala chai, but it has a, um, yeah, like an herbaceous, um, I, I really am not wanting to say it, but almost a medicinal, uh, element to it. So it's, it's not, it's not medicine per se, but you could almost take yourself there with the flavor profile. And then it, and then it brings in that very vegetal, it's just very green. Um, it's, it's a very difficult flavor profile to describe. I might I might hit on a really specific adjective at some point here, but um, yeah. So a number of topics to bring up that have been rummaging around in my mind over the past week. Um, I have started reading Extraterrestrial, so let's start with that. Um, again, Extraterrestrial, a book that the um, astrophysicist Avi Loeb um, just uh, released, I think a month or two ago. And it's been an interesting read. I'm about two thirds of the way through the book. Um, I hope to finish it uh, by tomorrow. And so far, the, the, the messages that I am pulling from the book, uh, are ones that, that I really agree with. Um, I really haven't read anything that I that has like turned me off from most of the you know from the ideas that he's presenting the the most criticism at this point that I can give the book is when when you're reading it at least for me trying to get a sense of Avi's personality he he does come off just the way in which he is writing the book he does come off a little bit, um, what is the right word here? Um, pretentious is maybe too strong, but we'll go with that. He does just, again, it's not, it's not the full writing, but just certain paragraphs, certain sentences, um, when he is asserting his, his point of view, it feels there's just some pretension that I am getting. Again, someone else may read the same book and not notice any of that. So uh, a great deal of that could be coming from me somehow. But um, that's the biggest criticism I really have about it. Now, the things that I love about the book is that this guy, like... I think I mentioned this before. He, he is at the top of his field. He has published so many papers and made so many collaborations with other scientists in many different disciplines. I mean, this guy is, 
you know, a decorated veteran, as I'll say. Um, so he, he, he has a, a great pedestal to speak from where you should, you, you legitimately should respect his thoughts and opinions and, and he, because he has proven himself, um, a, a very deep thinker, a very, um, a very, you know, astute individual in these areas that he's discussing. And so the ideas that he's presenting are just very, they're not, when you read them, um, you know, for example, just the fact that like we should like maybe, maybe idea number one, we should, in his opinion, we should start with the assumption that we are not alone in the universe, that extraterrestrials do exist. And he, he says this because of past understandings as we uncover more and more about the world through science, through the ages, our hubris, and it's funny that I say I get this, this, um, um, you know, uh, uh, feeling of like he, he he's above people from the book because he does speak a lot about humanity's hubris and humanity thinking too highly of itself um and he has a great point here that we used to believe we were the center of the universe we we slowly have understood that that is just absolutely not the case and from his perspective to imagine that we are one of a kind that that there is nowhere else in the universe that has had the conditions or having the conditions um, to produce life and then intelligent life. So he fully acknowledges, look, we don't have any conclusive evidence of any of this. But when you're coming into this arena and you're going to start to study things like this or try to uncover the you know truth of the matter you can come in with with one of two biases really and one bias is we're unique we're special rare earth hypothesis sort of idea um you know if we come across evidence of extraterrestrials we'll we'll give it the full run around and make sure it, it, it comes out to be true but we're not we're, we're presuming we're not going to find that the other bias is you come into the arena with hey there for sure there's extraterrestrials out there there's life out there let's go find it let's do all we can to be open-minded about the full range that 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 life and the extraterrestrial life could inhabit however it looks or you know interacts or communicates so that's one of the big big points in the book is that he finds a large swath of the scientific community not being open-minded enough having too much groupthink being too conservative he uses the word conservative quite a bit throughout the book um and in 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 the in the sense that they are not being 
open-minded enough and kind of out there, you know, <laughs> you know, in a way they're, they're not being weird enough. Right. Um, and I really respect that. I, th- and especially for someone who has been in that, he's been a part of that culture and a part of that, you know, university and scientific community um, for so long, he he clearly understands some of the underlining, you know, under underlying um, aspects to those to to that culture, to those to those areas, um, and so it's just kind of refreshing to hear from someone in the deep on the inside, sort of call some of the issues out about science and how it's done and the culture that surrounds it because it's not a perfect you know it's not a panacea it's not you know oh scientists are gods and and the way science is done is godlike you know it's it's not that it's science as a concept as a philosophy is amazing and it has transformed humanity um but the way we do it and the way we interact with it is very, very messy. And so that was a big point in the book. Um, you know, he does present it. The other major aspects that I really took from the book and the reason I wanted to read the book and why I'm happy that it, uh, pretty much delivered on this, which is I wanted the, I wanted sort of a layman's version of the evidence and the data that we've gathered from Oumuamua. Um, and he does that. He does that in a few different chapters and kind of pinpoints the, the odd behavior of the object based on the data that we were able to collect. And it just, it really helped me to understand why he had to write this book, why he's taken the stance that uh, it very well could be, and I don't know to what degree he believes it was extraterrestrial. I think he may be laying that on a little bit thicker just to really push that envelope, right? Um, but he has very good points. Like, th- this is, it, this guy is not, you know, out there with his theory. This is the data that we collected from Oumuamua. Any of the scientists that studied it and tried to fit it into something that we understood could not do it. And so any scientist that is familiar with that data agrees it was an odd object. It was not like the comets or the asteroids that we're familiar with in the way at which it interacted with the sun and the gravity of the sun and the light and really really good points that he made um and really makes you really makes you consider um i definitely have moved over to his side in thinking look we're we'll never know right it's already well heading out of uh, heading out of our uh, solar system we're not going to catch up to it we can no longer see it um you know, it's way too far out there and we're, we're, you know, it's what we've got is what we've got on that specific object, but it's something to not forget. I think I really appreciate also that he wrote this book. It's 2021. The event happened in 2017. And I think by and large, the scientific community has just moved on. It's like, ah, 
it was a weird object. We'll probably find a lot more and that'll, that'll kind of, um, settle, settle the score with what that was. We'll find out what it was because we'll see more of them. Um, or, you know, some of them just are like, Hey, look, we cannot figure this out there. We didn't, we didn't acquire enough data about it. I'm not going to keep speculating. I mean, I can totally understand some of the other viewpoints and opinions from other scientists. Like, look, we didn't gather enough data to come to a conclusion. So let's move on. We, we, you know, we need to focus on some other things that we can get done. So I get that as well. But again, I think what he's done here is, is just tried to go, Hey guys, let's, let's not forget about some of these odd things that we've come across and gathered data about. And the, the way in which we go forward with that understanding of what do we come across next what to expect is very important. He makes points about this, and I think he'll go further into it later, you know, in this last third of the book. But, um, yeah, uh, definitely recommend it, if, especially if you're interested in space science and uh, astronomy, uh, cosmology, philosophy in general. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're pr- you probably are. So, uh, yeah, really, really uh, enjoying the book. Very not a difficult read not a difficult read at all. So, um, you know, it, it's, 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 he doesn't go crazy down into the weeds. He does present, um, again, the major kind of aspects of the data and shows some graphs and things like that, but nothing too intense. So, Ooh, getting to the latter half of my yerba mate there, man, that's the thing. When I, uh, when I like make a giant cup of tea, man, I, I start chugging it. I don't realize how quickly I drink those, those cups. Yeah. I think back, back when I was doing that, when I was drinking my 20, 24 ounce cups, I mean, I would probably drink, gosh, probably 60, 60 ounces of tea a day, something like that. Two or three of those cups, maybe probably a little excessive, but, uh, you know, I was enjoying it. Um, another subject I wanted to discuss is, um, yeah, let's see. Well, so, so with this new computer, I've been spending a little more time with, uh, video games, uh, enjoying, enjoying getting back into playing some games And there's this one specific game that I came across via watching uh, some VTubers. Uh, It it seems to be a popular game for people that stream to play because it's, well, the game is called Getting Over It. Um, And it's a hard game to, well, I, I guess it's not a hard game to describe, but it's it's a game that if you hear about it, you'd probably just raise an eyebrow and just don't understand what, what, what you're hearing. It's called getting over it. And the premise is it's, it's a, it's a two dimensional game. So it's not 3d. It's, it's a sort of imagine kind of Mario esque, you know, like a platformer in a, in a way. Um, and you start, (laughs) the character that you play 
is this this bald short bald shirtless man that is seemingly living in a black like cauldron black pot of water <laughs> so you only see like his waist up and uh, presumably you know his legs are <laughs> down in this pot and he pops up out of this pot and like when you start the game and he has this sort of it's like it looks like a mix of a sledgehammer and a, and a climbing hook type device I, I maybe it's an actual device or maybe it was just made up i don't actually know um but it's about climbing over like obstacles in this game so you start out on on this like low to the ground flat area and you have to the only thing you can do is move your mouse so your mouse controls the head of that hammer that he's holding and you have to push off the ground or hook it onto uh, different objects that you come across to get over them. So getting over it, right? And the big aspect to this whole game is, well, one, it's absurdity, right? So, so there's pure just absurdity throughout the game in that you're the character you're playing, the environment you're in. It's just, it looks like you're sort of in a weird garbage patch of you know like it's it's it, it, you're like i don't know um it's hard to describe the environment it, it looks like just random objects have just been thrown in and you're having to get over them um so there's a lot of absurdity um and but the mechanics so the big part about this game is the mechanics again you're only using your mouse and the the way in which you control the hammer is extremely non-intuitive, I want to say. Um, it, it's really, I, I almost don't, it's, it is intuitive, but it is so finicky is maybe the best word. It's an extremely finicky interface between you moving your mouse and the effect it has on the movement of the hammer um and and you're trying to figure out how to move basically you're trying to figure out how to move in the environment how best to move and it's so difficult you'll like finally get up to the top of like a big pile of trash and then you'll move wrong and it will push you off and go right back to the start of you trying to climb that pile of of junk and the great, it's just an amazingly, like, I really respect this game because the guy that created it, he has this voiceover. He'll just periodically come in with a voiceover with just philosophical discussion. Comments, he'll, he'll be commenting on the creation of the game, how he came to make the game. So you get this commentary track from the start. Um, and I would love maybe if I finish the game here, I would love to see if you get like a, uh, I don't know, like a, the commentary track as an MP3 or something. That would be amazing. Cause I'd love to listen through the commentary again, because he, again, he makes comments about how the game is made, why he made the game, 
uh, the culture surrounding, you know, sort of B-rate games, thrown together games. And then he starts commenting, like, I'm, I'm not sure how further, how much further it goes, uh, but he starts commenting on just internet culture and it gets very philosophical at points. Uh, so really, really enjoying that game. Uh, it's so strange. Um, and again, I understand why people like watching streamers play it because it's so frustrating and so difficult. Uh, it, you, you think you're doing really good and then all of a sudden you make just one little mistake and it pushes you right back to where you started. So, um, yeah, just wanted to mention that game if you're uh, looking for something to... <laughs> I, I, I was trying to come up with a word. It's frustrating. It's fun but it's frustrating. It's frustrating or frustrating. That's my new word. Um, maybe the last uh, comment or subject that I want to bring up is, and I've done this, and I've definitely brought this up before, but communication again. Um, so I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday about sort of just how the world has changed with the pandemic and the less and less amount of in-person face-to-face communication that we all are, are having. Uh, and a big point that I was making is that I used to use a, there was a, a networking event that really, like, I felt like a, uh, how should I say? I felt that I was very skilled at using that networking event to my advantage. And I don't want to sound manipulative in that way, but... A, a, a in, an in-person networking event used in the right way. I mean, it, it is meant to get people together, have them talk, discuss, see what comes of it, right? And that, I, I just, I loved it. I really enjoyed seeing someone new in the crowd, going, talking with them. It was both... Um, it, it was just, it was like a constant learning process um, because, you know, I'm not the most uh, social person in the room by far. And frankly, I consider myself more, more um, introverted than extroverted, but it was a, it was an environment where to, to me, if someone's in that environment, you, you're in the right to go like puts you in like a safe space to, to an extent to know that you can go talk to somebody and say, Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Um, and, and feel like, Hey, if they don't react in a, in a positive manner, they're the ones that are in the wrong, not you. And I say that because like, if I'm in a bar or I'm out, you know, with friends and I want to go talk to somebody, it's a whole different environment. It's a whole different situation. Like, if, if I just see some some person and want to go talk to them, it's weird if you just go, hey, hey, how you doing? My name's Corey. Like, what, what's going on? 
But if it's in a if it's in a networking event, then that is and that's anticipated, that is expected, right? So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, but also the nuances of speaking with people and reading their facial expressions and you just slowly gathered a skill level by kind of forcing yourself into new conversation. Um, and it was an every week kind of event. So I really, really miss that. And I unfortunately am realizing that in this environment with everyone sort of going online, working from home, less co-working spaces are going to be at least for, for a long time and maybe forever are going to be open. And that type of environment is no longer something I can lean on, right. As, as something to, uh, leverage. So then I go, well, how are people communicating now? How, how can I network? How can I socialize and find out new information and meet new people and sort of try to try to replace that event? Uh, and at least for the things that I'm working on, the industry that I'm focused on, the types of people that I need, I know that I need to communicate with and get to know and be aware of a lot of them are on discord so discord being as far as i understand it essentially a communication platform um very similar at least again from my perspective very similar to slack um that's probably the closest there's there's uh, hip chat. Um, not, not as many people know hip chat, but that was, uh, an Atlassian program. It's, I mean, it is, um, um, but basically sort of an all in sort of, sort of taking the communication channels that, a, that a company, a lot of times these are focused on companies, um, and putting them all into one platform that you log in, you have different channels, you have direct messaging, the thing about Discord is it 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 sprung up, and I'll have to actually something to put on my to do is to research the history of Discord and how did that come about because it cropped up or it popped up for the gaming community. It started as a gaming community service, I want to say. Don't don't quote me on any of this because I, I it's sort of the things I've gathered throughout the time that um, I've been aware of Discord, but I haven't really dived deeply into it. Um, and what I'm realizing is a lot of people are on Discord servers. Like, I cannot tell you how many different times over the past, I'd say maybe six months, that I've seen a Discord server link. Like, hey, we're we're on Discord. Come, come visit our Discord server. Um, or... Hey, you know, if you want to chat or be a part of the community, here's our Discord. So I think what I have to conclude is I need to familiarize myself with Discord. And there's other platforms too, but I, th for whatever reason, again, in the communities that I focus on, the more tech communities, um, they're migrating, if not have been, on Discord for their communication. Which, again, you can't expect, you know, it's it's a worldwide environment, right? You're, you can't, 
you know, these, these, these uh, communities aren't getting together in physical spaces. They probably never did, except for maybe some of them that were in the immediate area of, of one another. So it's, it's, um, for me, it's, it's going to take some major effort because I am not a fan. Like just by default, I don't find the, the style or the methods of communication that online web-based platforms allow. So again, so very different from walking into a physical room with everyone around, um, seeing, being able to see their face. Maybe they have a name tag like that, 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 um, social event I was mentioning, you know, you put your name tag on such a different environment to logging into a communication server and then sort of having it laid out in front of you. Very similar, you know, in a way, when you walk into a networking event, it's laid out in front of you. You know, you have a number of different options to, to go, you know, oh, I could go talk to these people in this little group here, or I could go to the bar and get a drink. You know, you do, you do have to navigate that space and learn how best to navigate it. So it's something that I'm kind of working through and trying to, I'm, I, I love to have a plan and, and attack something with sort of a full understanding of things and, and, and try to build a, a method in a way. So, you know, maybe I need to look at these discord servers in a similar way of how I go into a networking event. The problem though, for me is, is the, the, what, what word do I want to say? The, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking. The, um, it's when you're speaking to someone in person, the amount of information you have is so much greater than when you're trying to say text someone or even even voice chat i mean even on the phone i mean the phone would be is sort of second best but when you move into say a chat room or a forum online these are methods of communication i just have not you know i i messed with them when i was a teenager when the internet was really just starting and sort of that was a new form of communication and we were all kind of checking it out but it i just don't think that is an ideal form of communication um and again i'm trying to think of the word that i wanted to describe this the the density maybe the density of information is just not there and and it and it causes issue i don't think people realize how much how much information is lost when you move from in-person communication to i'm going to te- i'm going to type out this sentence and hit enter and when it gets to the other person the context there's no con- there's no longer context unless it's been within a certain conversation that you guys have both been texting back and forth and even then 
the context can get warped in very short time. I say all of this because I understand that I need to move into that space. I need to get familiar with Discord, with other um, other platforms online as well. I'm not a big social media fan. I don't really enjoy really any of the social media platforms. Um, but I need to reassess. I know I understand that I need to really um, come to the conclusion that some of that is necessary. It's the environment that currently exists and you either need to leverage it or exit the, you know, exit the arena. So that's something, you know, I bring that forward just because it's something on my mind and uh, I feel that it's one of those, maybe I'll say skills or areas to, to pay attention to and be aware of because you can be, say, a great coder. You could, you could write the most elegant code of all other people. But if you also don't have a set of skills to, um, if, if you don't have that social element, I guess I'll say, I mean, really in, in, in the very most straightforward sense, if you don't have a skill set in the social realm and, and, and you don't properly leverage the outlets, the social outlets that are available to you at, at a given time, you're really, um, crippling yourself. You're, you really are just not, I mean, it's, it's, it, you're going to have such a more difficult time. And that's something, again, I'm making these, these conclusions as I think about this, um, because I, I am getting back into coding. I mean, I use that example. Of course you could be you could use that example, uh, any kind of example, if you're really great at X, Y, or Z. Um, but I am focused on that. But I really need to to peel back and say, it doesn't matter how much I understand, you know, this language or um, this framework, if I don't leverage the the social networks that are available to me. So it, it really, and I don't want to say it's a 50-50, but I really need to consider that, look, I no longer have the uh, socialization that that gave me so many benefits in the past. Um, and what is available? What what can be done out there now? And um, I, I understand, like, so, for, so, for some people, this is... Uh, this is probably funny because for a lot of people, they, they live on the net in terms of socialization on forums, on Reddit, you know, uh, on a discord server, but that's all new territory for me, which is, I mean, it is funny because I, I mean, I do consider myself a, you know, netizen and someone who is, is deeply into tech and loves, you know, computers, but that area of socialization is something that just has never appealed to me. Um, I don't know how well I'll do, but got to try. And um, it'll be interesting. It's just, uh, yeah, it's an area that I I will say I wish I had more experience with, but um, 
it just has never appealed to me. I, I just never felt that it was uh, beneficial. Um, every time I would get on to, onto like say a forum or something, I always felt like um, um, I was miscommunicating or peop- you know I was misunderstanding, right? And it very well may be that is the case going forward because you know maybe a a, a very very small theory of mine is the more emotional intelligence you have where, and when I say that, I really just mean the more attention you pay, you pay to, you know, someone's tone, someone's demeanor, someone's look, which all requires in-person communication. The more you are focused on those aspects the the less efficient or the less skillful you are with communicating through a very 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 like less dense you know a very light form of communication like typing out sentences in a, in a chat room right because none of that is there none of that is there you are you feel blind. You feel you're you're reading that sentence and you're thinking, "Well, how am I supposed to interpret this sentence?" I mean, I understand the words, but I can't see. I mean, unless that you read up the line and you go, "Okay, well, they made that and that. Okay, they're in this sort of state of mind, so I'll interpret this sentence in this way." Again, though, the, the, you can totally misunderstand that, and and so. I feel that that is a major aspect for someone that relies so heavily on the, again, the, the, the tone of voice, the, the, the way it's said, said, the way the person is looking, the way that their body is moving. Like, when none of that is there, boy, oh boy, at least for me, and I, I would assume a lot of people that are, that are in that type of mindset are... Um, at a loss, at a loss, and and so the communication is just not as not as fun, and maybe just more stressful, you know. So it's um it's an area that I need to work on, and I think going forward, especially with with how things are going with the pandemic, and just the more dispersed people are going to be going forward, we all need to we all need to to start to hone our skills when interacting with people online through all forms. Um, I will say Discord, it's very um, heavy on, there's like a whole channel on, on uh, that are, that's voice. I'm not saying this properly, but when you get, when you join a Discord server, like there's your standard, like different, different rooms where you can um, type out messages, but then there are, uh, rooms or channels that you join and it's uh, all audio. So that is, I will say that's something I, I mean, I'm a little apprehensive about just joining some audio channel because so often I want to bludgeon my ears out because either the quality's bad or somebody's just making a bunch of noise. But, but that, that's a potential area that I could see myself benefiting from because audio at the very least you can hear tone of voice 
you can get some of the mannerisms from people. And I would feel more comfortable in that environment. I mean, comfortable interpreting, not necessarily comfortable uh, communicating. Because, I mean, just jumping into a room with strangers without really... I don't know. I'm, I don't know. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to, to see. So, um, I think that's all for today. I'm going to finish this mate and... Maybe make some green tea later today. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, enjoy your day. And um, just, uh, you know what? Go out there with the bias that extraterrestrials do exist. And we just gotta, we gotta be open-minded about all that. Take it easy. Take it easy.